Hello and welcome to the Play It Forward podcast presented by Peace Players, the podcast where we lift up voices and stories of people working in their communities and networks to promote peace and equity. My name is Chena Wagbo and I am your host. I'm excited and thrilled to be here today because we are going to give you guys a dive into something that no one knows yet because it's coming out tomorrow. Uh, a brilliant, brilliant book by an amazing author. And that being said, let's get into today's episode. Um, I normally come up with these really fantastic titles for the episodes, but once you hear about this phenomenal author, you'll know that the title speaks for itself about his book called by the grace of the game. Like who comes up with something that brilliant? Like, well, mm. like, anyway, we'll mm-hmm. see, we'll, uh, we'll get to it. Um, but before we go there, uh, talking about by the grace of the game, which we mm, all play should live mm-hmm. by. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> plug it in there. Mm-hmm. I gotta introduce my most amazing co-host, phenomenal, charming, and handsome, Emmett. <laughs> Shepherd. Oh man, Jenny, you didn't have to keep <laughs> saying that, but please don't stop saying that. Also, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I'm so, I can't get over it. I'm so happy to be back. I missed my listeners. I was having separation anxiety with them. I missed right. everyone here. Right, right, right. Um, what's going on, guys? It's Emmett, your jubilant and incredibly lanky co-host to the great Chini Nuagbo, and uh, I'm excited to have this conversation today. It's going to be. Um, insightful, moving, I think cathartic as well. And this guest is just someone who I could totally share a beer with and talk about <laughs> politics and the real world problems too at the right, same time. Right. So yeah. tell, 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 tell our family, not even our listeners anymore, because y'all are our family at the end right, of the day. Right, tell tell right. our family who we're talking to today. Absolutely. In today's episode, we will be speaking with a former professional basketball player. That's right. Um, he mm. also played basketball. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a contributing gig. writer to SB Nation, Sports Illustrated, and NBC News, just to name a few. But more importantly, his new book documenting the story of his father, Ernie Grunfeld, I know you guys all know who that is, mm-hmm. called By the Grace of the Game, The Holocaust, A Basketball Legacy, and an Unprecedented American Dream. It's going to be released tomorrow, by the way, guys, November oh. 16th. Mark it in your calendars, people. Yep. November 16th. And folks, if I haven't given that away just yet, put your hands together, please, and help me welcome Mr. Dan Grunfeld. Welcome to the show, Dan. How are you? (laughs) Jenny and Evan, great to be here. Thank you for that very warm introduction. Awesome. Very awesome. You know how it is. You know how it is. We like to keep yeah, it light. We like know? to, you know, not build up the guest in any, <laughs> in any form or another, you know? Yeah, exactly. No pressure whatsoever. Right, right, right. <laughs> and from you, the two words I heard from you about yourself were jubilant and lanky. I think it fits. I think yeah, it yeah, fits. Yeah, I think, thank you, thank you. That's what my dad says too. So yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, you guys works. are one and the same. Right, right. Um, so Dan, there's this thing we do on the show. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this on the streets or, you know, yeah. if, if it's been heard before. I'm sure you know, he's heard know, it. Whispers in the wind I'm sure. or I'm sure. uh, something yeah. like that. But <laughs> I'm known as the uh, Icebreaker King. Yeah. And so okay. what yep. that entails is um, I present an icebreaker to our guests every show to sort of, you know, <clears throat> break the ice. And it's just a way to get things loose before we dive into a conversation. And so um, today's today's question is if you had a billboard, if you had a billboard that millions of people, and I'm saying millions of people saw every day, either on their commute to work, walking, hiking, sitting uh, at a bench, um, 
and that billboard, you could do whatever you wanted, put anything you want on it. What would you put? It's a great question. That's great a good question. icebreaker. Yes. That's a really good icebreaker. Yes. He is the king. He is the king. You are the king. A million people. <laughs> listen, I mean, I think I would have very simple one word with a period after it. And that word would be smile. Oh, I just think nice. if millions of people are seeing it, you know, the, just that reminder, because that's such a powerful thing. And I know in my life, yeah. there have been certain times where like, if you could just remember to smile and relax and enjoy life a little bit, that's something I think is powerful. And I got a billboard. I got billboard space. I'm doing what I want with it. I'm going smile. Let's go. And are you going like simple, it. just like times yeah, New font, white background, black font, or are you doing something a little, what's the aesthetic looking like? I, love I wish I had more design chops, but generally speaking, <laughs> simple. I like the period is important to me, right? I want to mm -hmm. punctuate that that notion. But yeah, right. I, black and white, like a not not too many bells and whistles. Just a very simple notion. Smile. I like that. I like that. Just smile yes. at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. What we'll be doing a lot here on the show. No, no, no. You know, no pressure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. And by the way, I guess. My, my second choice would just be my book, right? Like to black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking a little bit more about humanity right now. Yeah, right, I like right. that. I like that smile period. And then in the corner of the billboard is a photo of you with the book saying, buy my book, please. It's by like, yeah, right, by right, the way, right. like while you're smiling, <laughs> available on Amazon where you can get local book. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, so the icebreaker king has done his job. Uh, we're all, all just here to smile. Um, but most importantly, uh, we're here to talk to you, Dan, uh, about your book, uh, By the Grace of the Game. But before we get into the biscuits and gravy of the goodness and wonderfulness of this book, I want the listeners uh, and watchers to, to know about you, uh, where you grew up, your professional career, stuff like that. Um, and what was your experience specifically, because you know that's my favorite question, playing abroad. Um, so let's let's get into who you are before we get into to the book. Uh, let us know. Love it. So where do I start? I mean, listen, I was born around the NBA basketball schedule. So my birth was scheduled to coincide with my dad's schedule with the Knicks. So uh, <laughs> he got home from a road trip. He was there for my birth. He went to another road trip and he was there for my bris, which is the ritual circumcision on the eighth day of life, right? In the mm -hmm. Jewish yeah, tradition. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I came into the world around basketball, <laughs> uh, grew up in Northern New Jersey, just loving hoops. You know, my dad was a player and then he transitioned to become a broadcaster, a coach, and then into the front office. So grew up in NBA gyms and arenas and locker rooms, really had just an awesome childhood around the game. And, you know, I, in my book, I talked about the concept of privilege a lot and I was privileged in a lot of ways. And, uh, one of them was certainly the access I had to, to this, you know, this great game of basketball. And it was a love that I certainly shared with my dad. And yeah, my, my childhood was a lot of hoops. Mm. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. There were some fun facts that we, uh, we talked about before we started the recording. And that is a lot of the mutual uh, countries that we've played in. Um, and I'd, I'd love for you to share all the, the, the vast amount of countries you played in or the years that you played in as well. Um, no doubt about it. Yeah. That. So I played, yeah. I played collegially at Stanford, um, 2002 to 2006, Ooh. and then I had yeah, I had an eight-year <laughs> professional career. And so um, I started in Germany. I played three years in Spain. I played four years in Israel. And so, oh, you know, nice. in some of those countries, my teams played in international competitions where we travel all over the world. So right. it'd be like a, a Tuesday at 6 a.m. and I'm on a flight to the Czech Republic. And then next week, I'm going to Lithuania and then France, right. you know, and Wow. It's such an amazing way to see the world, but also from a basketball perspective, and Shinny, you know this, like the game's different over there. Right. You know, right. so I learned so much. My game grew. I grew as a person. You know, I'd never been out. My, my family's from Europe, but I had never been to Europe. 
before I graduated from college, you know, so going over there and living and playing like, and you know, this as well as I do, like, it's a whole different world, but it's such an amazing experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. You know, Dan and Jenny, you could probably answer this too. I've always been personally curious about this. Going into college, I think you have a lot more agency about where you go and stuff like that. And sort of like what path you kind of want to at least set yourself up for uh, basketball wise for both of you. Um, but where, how much of like, how much, uh, dictation or like, uh, ability do you have in terms of figuring out what it is once you guys decide, okay, I'm going to play overseas. Like, Mm -hmm. is it just sort of you, is it like a big trial? Like, what is that process like in terms of being like, uh, oh, I want to, do you get to be like, oh, I want to play here. And then you just kind of go or what is it more out of your control? Good question. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear Chinny's perspective on this as well. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of a question of leverage, right? And, and how many opportunities do you have? So if you're one of the right. top players in the market, you can, you can name your spot. You know, right. so okay. if, if you're just trying to get a job, you, you can't be as discerning. You know, so it's really <laughs> yeah. a spectrum. For me, I had options, but not every option. So right. I couldn't say to my agent, hey, I want to be in Spain. I want to be in France. I, I just wasn't at that level. But mm-hmm. I had opportunities in, in these various countries. And I was lucky that the, the countries I ended up playing in, again, Germany, Spain, Israel, good leagues, good countries. But so I, I wasn't quite at the, at the position where I could name my spot, but I ultimately always had opportunities that brought me to places that I wanted to live and I wanted to play. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. yeah, Dan, I think you summarized it very well. Uh, and, and to add to what you said, that is exactly right, right? Um, but you can go into an Emmett. I think of it like this, like in the beginning of your career, um, if you're not the superstar, you don't really get to say, okay, I want to go here or here or here. But if you really work on your game and you grow in that country and you make a name for yourself, that's when the options come, right? Then you mm. can your, your agent yeah. might come to you and say, oh, we have one here in Spain, Turkey, uh, China, and you can go, oh, okay, let me go with this one. But so you, you don't have to necessarily be a superstar to start, but if you develop your game and become phenomenal, then you'll have more choices. So it's all about right. how hard you want to work and, uh, you know, what your, your, your level is in terms of how you play. But it's exactly as Dan uh, suggested. So That's super interesting. I've always been conscientious curious. of that. And, yeah, and curious. Um, and you know what's cool about that, Emma, is like so sometimes you'll have an opportunity in a country like you've never been there. You don't even you don't know much about it. So I was right. times I call my friends I'm like, hey, like, what's Ukraine like? You know what I mean? Right. Like, right, right. I have right. my assumptions about it, but I want to know like what's it like to play there, what's it like to live there. So I probably did diligence on like 15 to 20 countries, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. coming out of college and I, I think I had an opportunity in Belgium. And now like I played in Belgium so many times. I have very good friends from Belgium, right. but I, I didn't right. know much about it. So I was like on you know on the internet, like, let me learn about Belgium. Like what's, what's <laughs> right, all right. about? Yeah. You know? right. so, so it's sort of it's it, it sounds like actually quite similar to the parallels of finding like your university or your school that you want to play for in terms of like it sounds like you generate a list of sort of the like all right these are my top choices to some extent let me do more research on it or is that not the case uh, it, it's not it's this is my choice let me do more research on this is what's been given this is what's on my plate let right. me do okay more, so less more less agency it. in terms yeah. of that choice i guess okay um but um, I, I, I want to point this out, um, Dan, uh, and since we are here to talk about by the grace of the game, uh, what I love is that your exposure um, by the grace of the game uh, right. took you 
all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I think what better person to write a book uh, entitled By the Grace of the Game? And that's just a superficial. Once we dive deep into what the book truly is about, it's, it's funny how your life kind of parallels to that of your father. And there is this, you know, I want to say it again, by the grace of the game. So I really love uh, how meticulous you were uh, about titling this book exactly that. Thank you. I have to give my wife Sam credit because the title (laughs) of the book was really her brainchild. Uh, Mm. So, but shouts out Sam. Shouts out Sam. Yeah, always shout out Sam. A a couple of points on that. So, and we'll get deeper into this, but you know, I I mentioned how I grew up and where I grew up and I ended up going to play in Europe. My dad had like the inverse trajectory. He grew up in Europe under communism he came to the united states played in the nba won a gold medal for the united states you know so truly like the game has taken us in every different direction around the globe and i'll tell you something else that's interesting like and the main part of my book like my grandparents are holocaust survivors you know and my dad is the only player in nba history whose parents survived the holocaust and so my first professional opportunity i've been talking to your point around can you pick or choose like my agent called me and he said hey man I got it. I got you. I got the great opportunity for you. And I was like, ready to go. I said, oh, this is awesome, man. Where, where is it? He said, it's in Germany. And I said to him, well, listen, I have to ask my grandma, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I say yeah. in my book, I'm probably the only professional basketball player who had to call their grandmother to ask permission to, <laughs> permission. to sign a professional right. contract. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I called her and, you know, cause she had survived the Holocaust. She lost both parents, five siblings. And so, you know, I just wanted to check in with her and, and my grandma's the most amazing person in the world. Okay. You know, she, she said, what's the problem? She said, uh, sons are not responsible for the sins of their fathers. She said, you go oh, to Germany, you have a great nice. experience. And she's yeah, just the most nice. amazing and she has a great perspective, but it just kind of shows you how much basketball kind of taps into my life history. Like, and, people, and she, you too, like if you played the game, you have a story with it, you know? Right, right. But yours is uh, very phenomenal. And I'm, and well, I'm excited it, to get there. It, it, it's a big family story. Yeah. No, and so I, you know, or God, grandma dropping, drop the mic moments. Bashka. Like it's like Bashka. it's nothing. Uh, that's all she does. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so Dan, you have this sort of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a, a pretty well-rounded background in terms of, you, you know, this professional basketball player, but also a writer at the same time. And like, I, I've been someone fortunate enough to grow up with two parents who are both uh, pretty prolific writers and have found success in writing. And it's been uh, interesting to be sort of a third party to that and see sort of the initial stages of uh, what it takes to even get that first page completed and sort of how much extra effort is behind the scenes before you can even uh, celebrate the fruits of your labor kind of yeah. in terms of that writing process. And um you know, for me, how did it, like, I was always curious with my dad and my mom specifically about that initial spark for them that kind of gets them over the hump and get out of bed to initially just start writing something like this. And for you, you know, what was it, were you in Europe at the time playing in this sort of idea just organically came? Or was this something that you always had had since like you were a little kid and you were just like, I just need to find the right time and place to do something like this? Right. For sure. So writing is something I always loved to do since I was a little kid, you know, so basketball was a very public thing. And like, I was always going to practice and then in high school I'm playing and people know me for that and in college, but my parents would tell you that when I'd come home from practice as a little kid, I would write, which is true. Yeah. I'd write stories wow. and I just love to do it, you know? And so as I got older and when I was playing professionally, I was writing for several websites, as you mentioned. And I always knew 
that I had kind of like this white whale writing project, which was this, <laughs> which is a story because it just always felt so profound to me, you know, just the, the journey I had with basketball, knowing what my dad went through, what my grandparents went through. So I could have the opportunities I have, you know, I always, you know, once I kind of was out of school and had my own kind of adult life for me, I said, man, it would be my dream to tell this story, you know, but everything kind of happens at its right time. And I retired in, in 2014, went to business school at Stanford, and I had some space to explore other things. And I remember talking to my wife about it. I'm like, because once you go for it, it's like, you got to go for it. Like, it's no, as you know, I mean, like, I yeah. tell people that anyone who tells me they want to write a book, I say, go for it. It's an amazing and rewarding experience, but it's a labor of love and you got to <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's no joke. So I kind of made that commitment when I said, this is the time in my life. It means so much to me. I want to do it. And so it took over a year just to do the research. You know, when I was in business school, I would come home from class. I'd talk to my dad for an hour. I'd talk to my grandma for an hour. I'd talk to my cousins around the world. Cause you know, listen, my, my dad never had any grandparents. They were all killed in the Holocaust. So understanding okay. what happened to people, how did this person survive? How did this person die? You know, and these are really serious hard things to talk about you know for my dad in particular the very hard things to talk about so I had to do all that research and then once I did that and I felt like okay I, I knew knew how I kind of wanted to do it it was time to write and Chinna you'll appreciate this you know like I, I was busy right and I was in business school so it was always like I would write when I had time and then right. I remember saying to my wife you know what I when I was playing basketball like professionally or in college and high school really committed to it I didn't just play ball when I had time. Right. My whole schedule was built was around it. Yes. It was it. That's it. And if I want right. to do this, I have to do it with that same type of, you know, purpose. So uh, I set my alarm for 6.02 in the morning. Don't ask me why. <laughs> that's just the time. 6.02, my alarm went off for eight months and right. I got out of bed every day and I spent about an hour, 45 to two hours just writing, you know, oh, and so, and it, but it was really the, truthfully, like it was the discipline I learned as a basketball player that was like, dude. If you want to do it, do it, you know? So right. yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. That's no all. No excuses, just do it. No excuses, you just have to do it. And when I was done with the first draft, which was quite a while ago, it was years ago now, my uh, my wife, of course, was saying how proud of me she was, and which I, of course, appreciate. But I was like, listen, I only really did one thing. I had the discipline to get out of bed every morning and sit in front of a computer. Because if you do that at scale, like eight months, like you're going to produce something, you know? So Right, right. That, mm -hmm. that, that was my process. And, you know, the other interesting part about my process was I didn't talk about it with anyone. My parents didn't even know I was doing it. Wow. My dad, who I interviewed, I just told him, listen, I have, you know, cause I'm always like kind of working on something here and there. I said, listen, I have a project in mind. I want to make sure I capture this history, but it's so personal that I didn't want to, I even with my wife, we didn't talk about it. We, we kind of set, set guidelines around. It. I said, listen, you know, I'm in there working, but you know, and like, I just had my space because it's so personal and such a deep experience that kind of what i needed to get it done no very nice totally very nice. and and you know it's funny that you mentioned earlier that it's it is truly a labor of love you know my parents have right. always said whatever you do please for the love of god do not become a writer not only <laughs> for the financial means of uh financial instability of being a writer but also just it's it's grueling work both mentally yeah. mentally and you know emotionally in your case as well um that it sounds like it was rather cathartic, which is a positive as well. But also, were you anticipating it to be five years? Probably not, I imagine, or no. I wasn't. I couldn't have told you because I, I like I didn't write it for it to be like a commercial vehicle or anything like that. I wrote it because it was my heart. It really mattered to me. And I thought and I still think that it's a story that's relatable because right. this is our version of a very human story. 
yeah. go, like, overcoming adversity, perseverance, love. What are the things that connect people together? What are the ties that bind us? And so I wrote it with that spirit of like telling a story that I, that is certainly important to me, but I thought that could just be important to others as well and relatable. And so I just wrote it, man. I didn't know yeah. what to, I kind of didn't have yeah. those expectations, but yeah. if you would have asked, do you think five years from now, you'll be like in the weeds on this? Probably said no, but I, I just, you know, I just didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go back to what you said, um, you know, about asking permission. Uh, and essentially, if you're listening, this is a story about something uh, bigger than Dan, right? Uh, his whole entire family. But I want to go to that very intimate conversation when you are telling your dad, guess what? I'm writing this book. Talk to us a bit about what happens there. And for you guys who are who don't know, Ernie Grunfeld is a very large-esque uh, man. <laughs> no who, S, just large. <laughs> who who um, is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, and, and I want you to, you could, actually, you know what, Dan, I'll, I'll put it in your hands to talk to us about your dad's career, but, and so, and, and, and connect it to how this conversation goes and you're like, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm doing. And in, in, a, in a way, you're honoring him in a huge way. You're honoring your grandma, grandmother in a huge way. You're honoring where you've come from. So talk to us a bit about how that, that conversation goes. Without a doubt. And so about my dad, first of all, physically, he is a massive individual. It's hard, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's hard to kind of explain. He's just, it's just enormous, right? But we're the same size. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just a big man. And I, I tell people like his hands are so big and, and I'm six, six, right? I'm, I'm a big person. Right. My wedding ring, I can take it off and he could take his off and my wedding ring fits inside of his wedding ring. Oh, wow. That's wow. like the, the, the width of his finger. You know? <laughs> wow. like, he's, oh just a, he's just a very big guy. Uh, mm. You know, people who don't know him think he's intimidating, but he's the best dad in the world. He's the best yeah. guy. He's, yeah. he's so yeah. approachable. He's so kind. And one amazing thing about this book is I can't tell you the number of people that I've had reach out to me in private who I don't know to share stories of kindness from that yeah. my dad did. Absolutely. And, you know, and like he, he's not, uh, he doesn't talk much certainly about himself or, or, you know, he's not a very, he's a private person. So he would never like broadcast the things he, he, he does, you know, but it's just right. been so awesome for me to hear about some of these things. Uh, listen, I'm very proud of what he's done. As I said, like he fled communism yeah. in Romania as the son of Holocaust survivors came to the United States, not speaking English. Um, yeah. His brother is nine years older than him, was his hero diagnosed with leukemia not long after they got to America mm -hmm. and passed away less than a year later. So, you know, yeah. my, my dad has a, a hard background, a hard childhood. And like so many people, he, he just went to the neighborhood park to make friends and learn English. And that's where he found basketball, you know? And so, yeah. and it's funny because like, I grew up wanting to play in the NBA since I was born, you know? So like, I, I kind of held on to the game so tight and, you know, I always worked for it and I had every opportunity my dad just played, you know, he just, right. he just played cause he needed something. He needed yeah. something to heal, to help him heal. And he was good. And then he was very good. And then he was very, very, very good. And uh, <laughs> right. it, it's funny. And I actually mentioned in the book, like my grandparents from, you know, their background, like they came to America, not speaking English. They had to work. My grandfather worked seven days a week. My grandmother six, like they never seen my dad play basketball. They just knew it was something he did. And, and one day his high school coach called their fabric store and said, Hey, you're going to want to see this kid. Like to them, mm. it was just something that he did to, to right, kill right. Right. Then, yeah. then you're going to want to like see Like most foreign play. parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because they're, they're immigrant yeah. parents. You, you know, right? We talked about it, Chitty. Yeah. Like that's the mentality. And so right. 
my grandparents closed their fabric store early, which is like something they would never do, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Work like, ethic it, is real. <laughs> yeah. Like the notion of closing the store early is ridiculous, but they're like, you have to see him play basketball. And my grandfather was a great sportsman. He was a world ranked ping pong player and a soccer player. And, wow. and my grandma, there's this great story where they got in the gym and my grandfather said to my grandma, where is he? Like the coach said, he's so good. He's not on the floor. And my grandmother <laughs> said to him, Hungarian, look, that's him right there. And my grandfather couldn't recognize him because he, and he knew this little boy, right. But he saw him on a basketball court and he said, Oh, He's big, he's powerful. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in really more ways than one, it, it was a transformation. And um, yeah, my, my, wow, my grandfather used wow. to make my dad go to the store to work. And after that game, right after he said, you never come to the store again. You oh, just work on so you just nice. work on your basketball game. And so, oh my God. listen, yeah. my dad became an All-American in high school and college. Yeah. He left Tennessee as the all-time leading scorer. He is still to this day, he's the fifth leading scorer in the SEC conference. So he really, he had an amazing college career with Bernard King at Tennessee and a you know, a long successful MBA career and then as an executive. Yeah. Um, right. And so to, to, to get yeah. back to your initial question, you this is the what meat. was it when I told him about the book? Listen, he was proud of me. He, he's the best dad, you know, and, and of course he had questions and this, mm. some of the things that he went through and his family went through, you know, are, are hard to talk about and are hard to yeah. deal with. And so, you know, we, we kind of just talked about, you know, the story and some of the things. And I told him some things I had learned that he didn't even know from his mom, you know, because listen, when he was growing up, he didn't have the luxuries I did to talk to his mom about what happened in Auschwitz to her parents and what she, you know, there, there's some really, really hard things and some things that I uncovered that, yeah, he was not aware of. So we had a pretty meaningful conversation about it. Ultimately really supportive, really proud of me. That's fantastic. And I, really is. <laughs> Like it, it's so, even from a person who's like not connected to you personally at all, just hearing it, I'm getting emotional, yeah. just like hearing it as a fifth, sixth party perspective right, right. kind of thing, which it's is making my soul so, smile. Yeah, yeah it really is. Well, um, you saw my billboard smile. Oh yeah, of course. Of <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> why, that's yeah, why yeah, it's yeah. marketing. No, right. listen, but, I mean, I appreciate it, man. It is like, listen, and I tell people like, it's personal. It's very emotional. It's also fun, right? So the, because the one thing I learned from my grandma and my dad is like, that's life, right? There's tragedy, there's triumph. And my dad is an amazing example. Like he mm -hmm. lost his brother. He comes from this tough background. Then he won a gold medal for the United States and he became this basketball star. You know, it's like, that's, there's two sides to the coin. And so, right. yeah. you know, um, but yeah, but, but it is, it's, 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 it's emotional stuff. Yeah. So before, uh, we dive into sort of this, this fun little game we do on the show just for our listeners. Is there a way, and I hate when people ask this question because it is, it is so arbitrary, but because you're going to go buy the book people, that's what you're going to do. Is there a way that you could just like encompass in like a few sentences, just sort of what, what people should expect from this book and what is the book? Is it mostly just about you and your father in relationship? How is it structured? That kind of thing. Just yeah. To like, good, good, good question. It's, it's truly, it's an intergenerational family story. So it, it kind of alternates in time. So you follow my grandmother surviving the Holocaust and kind of what her early life was like and her family's life. And then, you know, communism and fleeing communism and coming to America. So there's kind of that story and how basketball came into my family's life and took my dad in a different direction. But there's also my journey as well, right. you know, which is kind of contextualized by my family's history. And right. I, like I said, I, I lived a completely different existence but I share the same story, you know? And so kind of reconciling our history, coming to terms with some of the things that I've dealt with and that have driven me, you know, I, I played at Stanford, I had success there. And, you know, even one of my coaches, they kind of wondered what's driving this 
guy. You know, right. like we don't right. quite get it. And I, and I have a line in the book, like I was under the spell of a legacy that they didn't know about, you know? And so it's kind of exploring oh, that as well. Mm. I, um, I have this thing um, that I, it's almost like a mantra. Um, and it's always great to know where you're from, uh, what your culture is like, what people mm -hmm. who came before you have gone through. Because, and I say this, when you're standing there, you're not just representing your, yourself, you're representing tons of ancestry, tons of people who came before you, who've, who fought and who, whose blood, sweat and tears are a, a, a culmination of who you are. And so you, re you represent that. And so you saying that, I'm just like, by the book, people, um, by the grace <laughs> of the game. That's what I'm saying. No, um, but yeah, thank you. I, yeah. I'm grateful. And you know, my, my grandmother is really the central figure in that it all stems from her. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I mentioned I went to Stanford. She lives in the Bay Area. So she came to every home basketball game I played and we're <laughs> extraordinarily close. Mm. And so mm. she has a very big story during the war. She was saved twice by Swedish diplomat Raoul Wallenberg, yeah. who's considered to be the greatest hero of the Holocaust. So, you know, telling her story and what it took to survive what she instilled in my dad to help that helped him ultimately deal with his own tragedy and get to where he went. And then yeah. they instilled in me that helped me deal with my disability. Right. Too. Right. So it, yeah. There's really that commentary as well about like how values are passed down to generations. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my grandmother, you also in the book, you'll read a lot about her cooking because she is <laughs> the best cook in the world. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's so, yeah, she, and still to this day, I'm just chowing down on her food. Right. Oh what God. I'm hearing is an invitation for me and Emmett yeah, yeah. to come to and grandma's house. Yeah. I'm glad you picked that up. That's what I was trying to do. I didn't want to just come out with it, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, grandma, yeah. me and Jenny are on our way. We're, yes. We'll be yeah. there yes. shortly. Wow. Hey, everybody. Dude, Emmett and I have some amazing news for you. The Play It Forward podcast presented by Please Fairs has been shortlisted for the Sports Podcast Equality and Social Impact Award. Woohoo! This is phenomenal and so exciting. We are beaming with pride and gratitude. That's right. We are, I, I like to use the word humble. The Play It Forward podcast started as just an idea in the summer of 2020. And with lots of planning and hard work, we now have 22 episodes and counting under that belt. The responses we received in person and over the reviews on our countless platforms have provided me and Chinny with great motivation to keep pushing this podcast to the next level. And, you know, being nominated for the sports podcast, Equality and Social Impact Shortlist definitely helps us continue to push forward. So thank you. And now we need your help on Peace Fair's website, social media, and the Play It For Podcast Instagram page at Play It For Podcast. You can find a link there where you can register and become a judge for the sports awards. Who doesn't want to be a judge? I mean, I want to be a judge. I'm listening to it and I'm getting excited. So voting is open and it will close March 1st. So you have to support us. Well, you don't have to, but we would love you to. Go support us. Go vote now. Hey, and Chinny. Don't you forget, the news gets even better. I know, I know, we have way too much good news, but we are going to be raffling off a few prizes to anyone who shows us that they voted. You can share via Twitter and Facebook, so be sure to tag us at Peace Players, and you'll be entered into one of those raffles to win perfect Peace Players swag. Maybe even play it forward swag, who knows? Chinny. You know what, Emmett? That's the best ever. I would love to win some swag. And don't forget to tag at Play It Forward Podcast or DM us. Our DMs are always open. When the voting closes on March 1st, those who let us know they voted for us will be eligible for the chance to receive a raffle prize. I want to say 
and I know I can speak for Cheney with this, that we would be so appreciative if you guys took a few minutes to register and vote for us. The podcast and Peace Players Global Movement does not happen without your continued support. And me, Chinny, and everyone of the podcast team, thank you immeasurably for your continued support. We could not have done this without you. Wow, yeah. Um, all right, all before right. we dive, you know, sort of deeper into the nitty gritty of the book, uh, Dan, there's this thing uh, that Chinny's going to explain to you that I'll lead you through, but it's sort of a, it's a, a staple of the Play It Forward pa- podcast that the listeners need. It's almost like a drug for them. They need it. Yeah. It's, it's part so, of the journey. <laughs> ethos. So yeah, yeah. Welcome to the lightning round. Inner sound here. Yes. Um, you have just reached the lightning round. Fun, great exercise that you'll go through. You have three to zero seconds really to answer (laughs) every question they're very fun um easy breezy questions Emmett will walk you through those questions Mm -hmm. my timer is on I've got my pen just in case you say something phenomenal which you said this whole entire time Emmett what's more right right and also don't worry about any of the answers you give we'll judge you very heavily on each of them so yeah yeah, yeah. no pressure at all I love having no time and no thought and things let's do it Okay, okay. Uh, Jenny, you got the clock ready and the pen and I'm, paper? I'm, it's here. Pen and paper right, is my, I got there. My... <clears throat> yes, let me grab my pen. All right, first question. Dan, would you rather score a game winner at home or away? Home. Oh, that's Ooh, a, that was, first so one. I like that. Remember, like he's that. an athlete, like so he's going to breeze through these. That's true. That's true. Okay, what was the last thing that made you smile? My son. Oh. Nice. Coffee or tea? Tea. Side note, I've never had a sip of coffee in my life. No way. Never. You play it internationally. There's good coffee there. I know. My team and my team is like drinking coffee at halftime. You know what I mean? Because it's such a big thing. I just, for whatever reason, I just have never had coffee. So never like even I'm had not a, a sip tea drinker. Never, never had a sip. Literally never had a sip of coffee. There you go. There you go. Is it, is it now a pride thing? Is it just like I'm now, I, now there's no curiosity towards it at all? Or? I have, I have no pride, man. Don't, don't. don't <laughs> uh, so honestly, know. you know what it is? I think that uh, as you get to a certain age, you, you know, your taste buds, it kind of like crystallizes and it's no longer, it's yeah. kind of, I'll tell you this, Emmett, because you said earlier that I'm the type of guy you'd like to have a beer with and I would love to hang with you. I've never had a sip of beer either. Yeah, you and Chaney. Good job. I don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at all. So at all. when I yeah. tell people that, like I've never had a sip of beer or coffee, they're like, I knew something was a little off. I just, they both kind of passed me by. And then I was like, I woke up and I'm 24 years old. I'm like, eh, you yeah, know, I'm just yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's perfect. Sorry to distract from the lightning round. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I'm, I'm a coffee and a beer drinker. So this is good. You guys can have a case study on me and what's wrong with me. That's perfect. Um, okay. Cats or cats or dogs? Dogs. That's perfect. Morning bird or night owl? morning bird but i'm i like both actually but i'd say morning if i had to choose yeah okay okay um spring or autumn spring pancakes waffles or french toast pancakes Ooh. but i'm happy re- like this is a win-win-win for me but i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. just okay. to make that clear yeah, yeah, yeah um, I'm not bungee jumping no bungee jumping or zip lining oh neither no, you, you gotta pick, pick one. one. You gotta pick you gotta one. Pick I'm one. sorry. Zip lining, but I'm afraid of heights. So the, the notion of doing that, I'm like, no, thank you. But definitely zip lining. All the okay. tall men that we have on the show, like we we just had Amadou Gallo Fall, who's like probably six nine. He is afraid of heights too. And here you come, and you're afraid of heights as well. Like, what's? Yeah. You guys I, I, I'm also fairly like risk averse physically. So like, 
the no, like bungee jumping, I'm just like hard no, but like zip lining, <laughs> like okay, we could talk about it and figure something out, but I'll, I'm not excited. Right, but right, maybe right. if you're like com- inches off the ground, just exactly. moving at a glacier pace, bungee yeah, jumping is kind of happening. But yeah, okay, cool. Don't worry, I'm not excited either. White sand beaches or sky piercing mountains? White sand beaches. Space travel or deep sea travel? Deep sea travel. A million dollars or three wishes. Another caveat here. Jenny, tell them the caveat of the three wishes. Caveat is you cannot uh, ask for more wishes nor a million dollars. In these wishes. Three wishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Superhero or super villain? (laughs) Superhero, man. (laughs) Singing or dancing? Dancing. Reading or writing? Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back. Oh, wait. You can dance? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can go? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah. I like the comments. We're best That's friends, how I, I think. I think we're best I like friends. That. Yeah. We'll yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm speaking my truth, but I will say that my son likes my voice, which my wife always remarks at because, like, there's nothing really special coming out. But I, I've been doing a lot of singing for him because he wants me to sing songs. So I'm, I, I said, I said to my wife the other day that my pipes are kind of giving out on me because he'll just ask me to sing these songs. <laughs> right, so. right. Anyway, but dance. Sold out shows. Sure. Sold out shows. No, you need right. the honey with the tea. That helps with the vocal. Oh, chords. yeah. And lemon. Lemon, you know. lemon too. Sorry. A uh, lemon as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we digress. We digress. Uh, reading or writing? That's a good one. Man. Oh, that's killing me, writing. But I love to read, man. Mm-hmm. But, but mm-hmm. writing. But, oh, I love to read. <laughs> Last meal that you had that made you go... Oh wow. wow! My grandmother, yeah, she she just cooked a feast for us. You know, it was the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur, and so you fast. Mm. And so I went to her her place, and she cooked. Uh, man, uh, un- unreal. She's ninety six, and I mean, like, like she is n- like, it, yeah, that one. What about a specific? Do you have a specific dish that you're thinking of? My grandmother's like staple that she makes for me is something called rontatush, which is like a breaded chicken. It's almost like a schnitzel. But like Yum. what she does to it, like, I don't know what she does, but I don't want her to stop doing it. Like, it's just <laughs> like, it's, it's amazing. So like Rontatouche is the core, but then she makes like, she makes soups and there's a rice dish and there's a potato dish. And then there's like oh. some eggplant. Like, it, it never stops. Man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, last this thing is you Hungarian learned. food. Oh, Hungarian. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is Hungarian Wait, cuisine. Jenny, are you writing these down? I am. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. I would say uh, I could send you recipes, but like she doesn't cook with recipes. My wife has learned it, but my grandma. Cook. That's when you know. Cook. That's when you know. That's, that's when yes. you know. Yes. Yep. Oh it's... my god. Uh, last thing you learned from someone else. Ooh, love this one. Wow. Last thing I learned from someone else. Um, it's a lesson around not being in a rush. You know, because, and, and I can actually apply it to my basketball career. I, I, there's so many times where like, like you want things now and you want it to happen now. And I was talking to someone about, you know, just some things that were, you know, anxieties I had. And it was just the notion of like, you always have more time than you think you do. So, so, mm-hmm. so don't be in a rush. So, and that, that was something that stuck with me. Yeah. Uh, what nice. about, um, name, give us one person who inspires you. I'm talking about my grandmother, the whole podcast, but like it starts there. But my, my, my family, you know, my dad, my grandma, and really everyone in my family, you know, the book is about my dad's side of the family, but I draw inspiration from my mom, my sister, my wife, my son who's two and a half, man. Like I look at him and I'm like, you know, there's inspiration there, but I'm, I'm family first type of person. So my family, I really draw a lot of inspiration from. Yes. Yeah. And then last one, one thing you want our listeners to remember from today's episode smile 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring it full circle, baby. Yeah. That's what yeah. we love. Parentheses by my book. No, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There you right, go. Right. There, I was waiting for it. I was waiting by for way, it. There you by go. the way, by the way, uh, by the way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, but you made it. You did a great job. Congratulations. And um, one of the things that I really truly want to highlight is uh, our three core values, which are, which are um, seeing people as people, which just mm-hmm. means seeing the humanity in others, uh, inside outside transformation, which just means going inside yourself and looking to make sure the lens that you're using to view others is a very clear lens and then seeing how you can contribute or how you contributed to conflict specifically to us. And then three is that culture of collaboration, right? When you're bringing those people together and you're working with people who may not look like you or, or have been through the same experiences as you. And I, and I bring those core values up because it's exactly what you've done here. This is exactly what you've done in the book. You've embodied and hit on every one of our core values, which is just uh, for me, mind blowing, because we normally have guests who've hit one or two, but this is amazing how you've been able to put all that in uh, too by the grace of the game. And so my, my question here is uh, throughout this entire process, uh, were there moments where you struggled with like just the contents of the story or, or, or were there moments where you struggled with your own prejudices or those of others? Like, like, like walk me through that, that thought process. There were moments where I struggled with the contents of the story just because of how personal and emotional it is. Like I definitely shed tears writing and my oh, wife who's been nice. so, you know, helpful on the editing and reading. And like, there are parts where she says like, I've read 20 times and I cry, you know, still. And so oh, yeah. there, there was that yeah. piece of it where like, listen, some of the history is hard to confront. Um, but you mentioned, you said the word earlier, like cathartic, like, but it was also cathartic in, in certain ways as well. Yeah. you know and um and she, just to go back to kind of like thank you for paying me the nice compliment about the values of peace players but yeah you know it it, it knowing the story and, and not only doing the research but then writing it and really understanding it it did kind of place it into a broader context of like and the values that you said that peace players stand for is like right. what i try to exhibit in my personal life and, yeah. and everything like that but just just like really affirming those values of like see people for people and i actually mentioned that in exactly. the book where my because my grand again my grandparents like surviving the holocaust like my grandfather told my dad at one point in his life like never make an assumption about someone get to know someone for who they are it doesn't matter what they look like where they come from what they do like you judge yeah. a person as a person you know so yeah. i think that really understanding our family's story just affirm the values that i try to live by at least and you know that's like listen i and i haven't mentioned this yet like i volunteered for peace players when i was playing in israel you know and i went to programming where kids from different areas with different beliefs played basketball together and i spoke to them after and i said and i was playing professionally at the time for the team in jerusalem you know and i said listen if me and my teammates had what you and your teammates have today right. and what you're showing out here like we'd be so much better off for it so you know for all it's you know so i'm just grateful for peace players for doing the amazing work you do and for kind of standing up for those values that i hold very dear no, no, we're, we're, we're equally as grateful um, yeah. just by you being able to. So one thing that a lot of people don't do is they don't share their story um, because they don't think it's important. But your story is so important because it helps others. Like imagine the the, the millions of people that will read this and have a, a direct connection to the story. Maybe not the same story, but if you're struggling with something or if you've been through something and how we're all interconnected just by the grace of the game. So one of the questions I do want to ask is that conversation. Um, when I, when I say, did you struggle uh, with the context is that conversation that you had 
with your grandma, right? And you're, you're getting ready to get into your professional career in Germany uh, is, is a country where you've, you, you've been offered to play. Uh, talk to me a bit, a bit about what that conversation is like. What, what, what are the feelings um, uh, behind that when you have to uh, speak to your grandma, your favorite person in the world uh, about yeah, yeah. this opportunity? Among my favorite people. She's, yeah, my... <laughs> Um, yeah, listen, for me, not, you know, thinking about her feelings and, and not wanting and wanting her to be comfortable and feel safe and not upset, you know? And so, and then also for me, probably selfishly at that age, like wanting to pursue a good opportunity, you know what I mean? But wanting to kind of balance those, (laughs) those instincts of, of, you know, wanting to make sure my grandma's okay, but hoping that she will be okay. And, but I just asked her and you know what, it was a short conversation. My grandma, she's so awesome. She just said, it basically wasn't a conversation to her. She said, right. what, what's the conversation? You have right. an opportunity, go right. pursue it. Question. Right. Okay, that's Please. great. I, this, I, have a, I have a question here. So yeah. let's say you know what you know and you write the book, you've written the book, you know what you know. That same opportunity comes. Do you go, do you go to Germany? Of everything you know. Awesome. 100% because what my grandmother said is true. Sons are not responsible for this as their fathers. And like I made, I found the German people to be warm, inviting. I made great friends right. there. And I'll tell you, my best friend on the team that year, I had several very close friends, but one of my best friends on the team was a German national team player, had yeah. a really good professional career. We were like, we just instantly hit it off. He, we were the same age. He was my guy. And, you know, we eventually opened up to each other. It was like almost midway or, or even more so to, to the end of the year where I told him like about my family and listen, his grandparents were involved in that generation, right? So Right. He told me about the guilt that his generation feels mm. for what his ancestors kind of were mm-hmm. a part of. And it has nothing to do with him. He's one of the, he's the greatest guy, you know? And right. so I hold my history. He holds his history. Uh, so no, I would, I would a hundred percent go. And honestly, like it was a reconciling too. Cause like we played the team in Nuremberg and like, we went by the side of the Nuremberg rallies and we went to the yeah. Holocaust Memorial in Berlin, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. um, listen, the world turns in that way and, and people evolve. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity I had in Germany. Absolutely. So that, that <clears throat> I'm curious for you personally, for what was more cathartic and uh, emotionally, you know, taxing, was it the actual writing itself? Or was it those like moments where you're abroad in Germany or Hungary and you're seeing those actual you know, spots and historical moments? Like, was it the research more so that was was challenging for you or was it the actual writing itself? It's a great question. That's a very I great th- question. I think, you know, they were both challenging in, in their own ways. The writing piece of it was probably more so because when you write something like this, you have to sit inside these moments. Yeah. You know, you're not like, I'm in my bedroom or wherever I am writing, but I'm, I'm actually in the scene, Exhumed. if you know, you know, yeah. like you have Exhumed. to sit inside of it and live it to, to, in order to kind of like reflect it back. And so I sat inside some pretty difficult moments and like, mm. and I've been there for a long time, like five years now. So like, it, it is a weight, you know, because uh, yeah, that some of the stuff is heavy, but, and I've mentioned this, I've also sat inside some really fun and triumphant moments. Right. right? So I sat yeah. there, I'm like, dude, like, this is amazing. Like I, 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 I tell my wife sometimes, like I'm having so much fun because I get to like, it's almost like time travel. That's what's so cool about right, reading, right, reading right. is that way. You know, you can read and transport. Like when you, when I would write these different moments, I was there. And so like, there were right. sometimes I was like, dude, I'm having so much fun with that. And then <laughs> right, other times right. like, this is really hard, you know? And that's just kind of the balance. And I think the book reflects that the yin and the yang of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is so I'm first off, bravo. 
you were yeah, at the point where now you know your fruits of your labor are sort of you you can you can enjoy the fruits of your labor you're you're about to start this uh international world book tour yeah um, <laughs> And you, you know, you get to sort of, you know, enjoy the view of the mountaintop that you just sort of climbed for the past five years. And I'm always interested with, you know, creatives and people who are, you know, someone like yourself who are just like trying to get their stories out in the most impactful way possible. And also going through sort of like, I know it was a five-year journey technically to sort of create this, but it was more so predominantly your whole life and sort of just like, it, it was this buildup of all of this emotional energy and stuff that you've just poured and just drenched into these pages and sort of now you're releasing it into the world and there's all of these, you know, anxieties and fears with that on top yes. of that. Yeah. But two part question. One, can you enjoy the view after, you know, the, the process? Because for you and yeah. Chinny as both professional athletes, the reason you've both been so successful in this in the world is because you actually aren't enjoying the fruits of the labor that much. You're enjoying, you're enjoying the labor much more than the fruits. The fruits are good, but it's the labor. That's the most enjoyable part of it for both of you. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but so the first part is, do you, do you have time to appreciate sort of the things that you've done in sort of this book and finishing it? And then the second is, uh, are we thinking of another mountaintop to climb or are we not even there <laughs> oh, yet? Like We're still okay. just enjoying the view of this mountain still. <clears throat> totally. So let me take the first question you asked. I'll tell you actually a quick little story. I don't know if I ever told, this is like such a small thing, but it should have taught me a lesson that I internalized more so, but I'll tell you what it was. So I, I was living in Israel and my wife, and you know, I was a little lonely and I was having kind of a rough time. Uh, and my wife was finally coming to join me. So I was like really happy. I was like, you know, I want to get yeah. her some flowers, you know, moment, so yeah. like, and, but I, I didn't like, I didn't know where they sold flowers. And I'm like trying to think like, where can I get flowers out here? And I just like went down into our, like into the street where I live. And I was mm -hmm. like, I was like, I have no clue where I'm going to find flowers. And I looked around and there were beautiful flowers everywhere. And I had never seen them. And wow. I was like, and I literally was like, you know what? Some like, you know, they say stop and smell the, stop and smell the roses. I was like, yeah. dude, like pick your head up, man. Like look around a little bit and, yeah. and, and enjoy the things that are around you. And so I said to myself then like, and I like, you know, picked a flower or whatever. And I was like, try to, try to see the flowers when, when they're around you, you know? Yeah. However, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I haven't done it very well. And like you mentioned, like, that's what being an athlete is. Like, you never yeah. stop, you never settle, you never celebrate. Mm. And, I, and I write this in the book. Like, if I, if I could go back and do it again, I would try to enjoy it more. Because yes. I had moments where, like, it was my moment and it was happening yeah. and it was, and like, I was too motivated and Shinny was probably the same way for you Absolutely. to ever enjoy it, you know, mm -hmm. and I truly enjoy it. Yeah. The truth, like, yeah, you can have your moments, like you never, never like stop and smell the roses, look at the right. flowers. Right. And, so, right. and it's funny. Cause I actually said this to my wife the other day where I'm like, it's, it's kind of meta. Cause I write in the book about like the, uh, these very instincts that you're talking about and how I grew and I had developed and I did gain some of these skills, but I'm still kind of the same dude in a lot exactly. of ways. Like, exactly. Now that it's time, I'm still going really hard. And so to your question, I'm a work in progress like we all are. I'm trying to have perspective and enjoy it, but it's really hard when you care a lot about something and you're pushing yeah. really hard on it. And you, you want to do but, well. And you want to do well. That's the big exactly. thing. Exactly. You know what well. I mean? Yeah. But, but mm -hmm. like, honestly, and, and I meant what I wrote in my book, like if I could do it all over again, I would try to enjoy it more. And I'll probably say it about this too. Like, yeah, and that's why my billboard says smile. I, I, the billboard was for me. That's like right, the, right. the, that's the thing. Right, 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 right. right, right. That, that's, that's, so 
that's the the first card. The second one that the if there's another mountain, it's actually related to my first answer. Like I'm so committed to this at this point uh, yeah. that you know it's hard to think what that might be. This is one thing that's been really fun about this. Like I don't work in basketball. I have a great you know love my job and my career. I work in tech, but it's nice to kind of be plugged back into basketball yeah. and to you know and to live that a yeah. little bit. So yeah. that's always something that. Uh, that, that I've enjoyed about this process that I'll probably continue to enjoy. But listen, man, like family first for me. So when you talk, when I, if I think about my life, like next mountains, it's really just like being with my family, you know, taking, you know, being taken care of, doing taken yeah. care, care of. When, right, when right. And, right. Um, we'll see kind of like professionally and personally where it all takes us. Yeah. Mountain of life, so to speak. There you go. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I have a, you know, so, so we can uh, take this out on a very strong note uh, about uh, by the grace of the game. Who is the book for uh, and why should they pick it up and read it? Um, how are we connected to you through this story? Yeah, the, the book is for people who care about stories of hope and love and family, you know, and, and perseverance, you know, and, and, and you said like the mountain of life, it's really a, a reflection of, of life's highs and lows, you know, yeah. and of course, there's this very strong sports angle. So if you're a basketball fan, you'll love the stories that I tell about my dad with the Knicks and my career at Stanford, I was with the Knicks briefly for training camp. And, you know, so if you like basketball, you'll love that part of it, but really it's a book about family and about, you know, how kind of the journey of life and the journey that, that families take together. Hmm. Yeah. That bring you to the billboard. That makes and also smart. I, I want to add and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but a lot of, a lot of connections where you don't see a lot of connections once you like yeah. stop and figure out that lineage and sort of what, how, where everybody goes and sort of that regard. There's a ton of connections and it was something that was really cool as I, I did the research, understanding like how things link together and how something that happened you know, to my dad and, you know, 1950s and communist Europe came back around to me in the two thousands and mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I love the movie Forrest Gump. You know, it's just the movie that I, I love, <laughs> yeah. today I love. And one thing I love so much about that movie is how like, it just kind of like weaves in and out of history. You know, mm -hmm. he's, mm -hmm. he's seeing like a president and there's just like all these really important historical moments. And I kind of always felt like my family story was that way. So in the yeah. book, there's, there's just these really interesting points of history that are coming in and out and kind of my dad's story is intersecting with them. And then mine is, and then in some instances they're all connecting. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the fun of weaving complex stories together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, with that being said, I, I, I don't know, Emmett, uh, this has been fantastic. You're amazing. I do want to say this um, before I, we say other thank yous is, is that um, by the grace of the game, I hope that you what you pull away or what you take from this, what your tangible is that, uh, and I'm going to correlate it to the story of, you know, looking for flowers for, for your wife, mm. that you understand that this is... Um, going to be amazing for so many people and i hope that you stop and you yeah. plant your feet firmly where you are and you just you know enjoy find, the view yeah enjoy the view enjoy With the your view. family enjoy the view and the perspective you've created for so many people who will be reading and walking along the journey with you we really appreciate you for being here thank you and it was great great to be here with you thanks for having me and thank you for saying that and i, I do need that perspective you know yeah. so yeah. It, it's valuable to hear and um, grateful to both of you, grateful to Peace Players always. And uh, we had a lot of fun and we smiled a lot. So we, we fulfilled the <laughs> <Yeah>. promise. <laughs> Thank we you so it. much. You're the bottom. No, wait, so Dan, so Dan, where can uh, me and Chinny get in line when the line is around the block on November 16th to get the book? Where, where, where? Sold out. 
Yeah. Listen, well, thank you. Well, it's available anywhere you get your books, right? I like to support local bookstores. So if you have a local bookstore oh, you like, please pick it up there. But of course, it's it's available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes and Noble. Uh, but just really grateful for anyone who spends a little time with this story. And, and again, to your point, I hope that others can draw the inspiration from it that I have. Right. Yeah. Anywhere we can follow you. Is there an Instagram page? Is anything like that? Uh, Facebook? Twitter. All right. Twitter at Dan underscore Grunfeld, Facebook. Uh, yeah, would just always love to connect with folks who maybe share similar backgrounds or interested in whatever it is. I just, I, I like connecting. So would be happy to do that. Yeah, we, we had him here first, folks, before he blew yep. up. So Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he'll return our calls to get to grandma's house because <laughs> right, right, we're right. very excited. Because we will be asking Wait. for tickets for the red carpet. But, I'm yeah. like, nah, you're like lanky and uh, nah, I don't remember. Jubilant lanky kid? Get yeah, out of here. Can you remember? Jacket? We're get best friends. We're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, pick it up, guys. Pick it up. Good. Uh, by the seriously. grace of the game. Come Dan, we really appreciate you. Yeah. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening and joining us on this amazing journey. If you like what you heard, we encourage you to like and subscribe. We've got many more inspirational, uplifting, powerful conversations and stories to share in the coming weeks. And, um, you know, we've had this fun thing where we've shared a review um, from a friend. Uh, This friend is called... Uh, Emmett Shepard, which reads, Don't know who that I love <laughs> I love listening to the Play It Forward podcast, giving space to allow youth to learn and understand not only complicated issues, but also to ask important questions about those said issues all through the lens of activism has never been more important than in today's society. I would recommend to everyone who is into sports, activism, learning, and having a few laughs to listen and watch this brilliant podcast. And guy says a lot who, of yeah sounds like a tall glass of water sounds like a very yeah, attractive very, man very. <laughs> saying the right things if i'm gonna be honest i don't know that's just my opinion God. <laughs> well guilty I mean, as charged yeah i mean I, yeah there you go i agree um <laughs> I mean, would you like would you like to add more please add more please no um that was amazing. You know, Dan, Dan is like not even a guest anymore. He, that conversation was just like, we like, you could see it happen transforming into just friends. Like where right, like right. he, he's such a cool guy. He's intelligent. He's so compassionate. He like his values align with ours. It's just like yeah, really yeah. refreshing. And he's a family man at the end of the day. And that's yeah. just like, how can yeah, you not first. love the family man? You know, right, you know, right. yeah. Um, I agree. You can follow all of what we've been talking about nonstop uh, by visiting our website and following us at Peace Players International on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Tumblr. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tumblr <laughs> and MySpace don't exist. And right, I'm, right. I, I, you know, feel free to leave a review, guys, and rate our podcast. It helps us get our podcast in the algorithm on Apple and Spotify to get more ears and eyes to what we're trying to do and accomplish with these difficult but very brilliant stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you, if you do leave a review, me and Chinny will definitely expose it and read it to our vast audience. So, please, <laughs> yeah. drop a like, yeah. leave a review, five-star please. ratings only, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Are you getting ready to go lay down? Yeah. Oh, sorry. God. See, that's the thing is like, I didn't <laughs> lay down today. So you're right. I have to go lay down. I forgot. <laughs>